If you're looking for inspiration on building your coaching business in a unique way that works just for you, then today is an episode that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Welcome to The Road to Seven. My name is Sheila Cummins, and I am the host of The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. And today I'm interviewing Rebecca Tracy. Rebecca is the founder of The Uncaged Life, where she works with coaches and online business owners to get clear on their brand message, create packages that sell, and help them get and keep clients, all while working from home with no pants on, living the dream. Rebecca runs a highly engaged online Facebook group of over 14,000 entrepreneurs. She started her business while living in a camper van and now owns a sweet upgraded van and lives in her dream town of Squamish, BC, surrounded by mountains, where she is truly living her uncaged life. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. My guest today is a lesson in tenacity, and we're going to talk about that later. But to get started, Rebecca, first off, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, you haven't always been living an uncaged life and living the dream as a very successful entrepreneur. How did your journey all start? How'd you get into this racket? Well, I'll correct you a little bit. I would say I've always been living an uncaged life. I just didn't have the career part figured out. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I had a really great lifestyle. I traveled around. I didn't worry too much. I graduated university and kind of everyone else went and got jobs. And I just took off on a pl- with a one-way plane ticket. And that was really my life until my 30s. And so it really wasn't until... Probably, I would say what's now maybe considered later in life. Maybe not these days, but back then, like all my friends had jobs and were okay. So forty is the new twenty. Forty. I'm thinking that's true. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I always just realized that I wasn't cut out to have a re- quote unquote real job. I just kept getting fired from jobs because I just wanted to travel. And I loved the way I lived, and I was pretty happy just kind of going job to job, doing what I could, and then making money, taking off again. And I had so many people in my life going, "How do you do this?" Like. How do you make this work? And I didn't know how. I just did it. I didn't have anything to teach, really. (laughs) I was like, you just do it. I realized that was one of my superpowers was really knowing what I want and being able to make it happen and taking action around it. And so blah, blah, blah. Ended up eventually realizing I should probably sort out my career. And I ended up going to a nutrition school. So I did a training as a holistic nutritionist and also a training as a life coach at the same time. Everyone I was practicing my coaching skills with were other life coaches and other nutritionists. So funny, that's my main market now in my business. But the biggest thing that they were all trying to figure out was like, what am I going to do with my life once I'm done this training? Like they all wanted to start businesses. They didn't, there was pieces of the program they loved, the programs that we were taking, pieces they didn't love. And so I was coaching them on like really making sure that what they were doing felt aligned for them. 
So I started more off as kind of life coaching people who happen to be starting businesses. And as my skills grew in my own business, I was able to sort of bring that into my coaching with them. And it eventually shifted from coaching to me te- like teaching marketing and, and specifically to coaches. Wow. That's a huge shift. Yeah. It, it was, it was gradual. It felt, it felt quite gradual. It was like, it, you know, I've been in business for a decade now. So it certainly didn't just jump. It was probably five years in where people were like, you teach marketing. Why don't you call yourself a business coach? And I was like, Yeah, that's a must to own it and feel like I actually knew enough to be able to be like, yes, I can help you with this. It was kind of a side product before. I see a lot of women who come through our programs and they've, you know, much like you gone and done a certification and something and then have this sort of awakening moment, if you will, where they're like, I actually don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) But then they have this massive guilt. But I've put so much money into this. You know, years of my life, I've sacrificed all this and I'm going to walk away. And I see it when I'm helping somebody exit their business as well. This is, you know, my husband sacrificed everything for me to be able to build this business and now I don't want to do it. How did you sort of step into that? Those shows of saying, you know what? Yes, I am a business coach. I do teach marketing and I'm really damn good at it. Yeah. What's that called? The sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. It's so much time and we have to keep doing it. Yeah. It took me a, it took me a while to let go of the nutrition piece. I was trying to smush in literally on my site, like marketing and business advice, general life coaching stuff and recipes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? And when I really just thought about it and I sort of, Played with like, well, what if I just for the day pretended I wasn't a nutritionist anymore and I was just doing these pieces and I kind of individually chunked out the pieces. The, the health coaching piece for me just, I didn't, I loved it. I loved the program I did. I loved it for myself and my own journey through it. But when I really got, got honest about it, I didn't want to be doing it. I wasn't, I didn't love it. It was hard to be honest to get people to change their diets. It felt like an uphill battle. And so it was a, it was a progression and it did take me some time to kind of let that go. And then same with it, same with the business piece. I think it just took me enough of actually working with business owners and seeing the impact on their business that I was like, Oh yeah, this is more than just me life coaching. Like I actually have skills to teach them in marketing and I happen to be really good at these particular pieces of marketing. And I'm still really, I think I'm still really. <laughs> Very humble. Can you say you're humble? Does that make you humble? humble. I'm still, don't be humble, girl. Shout to the sky. I think I'm still pretty like that in my business now. It's like I'm very clear about my skills in business development. And I'm very clear about the pieces where I'm like, somebody else could probably teach you that better. Like, even though I've done it in my business, it's just not the, the main thing that I teach and where my confidence is. So, but I think that that's an asset to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, your lane, you play in your lane, you excel at your lane. And it's okay if people go and work with other people. Like I see that in the road to seven all the time. Well, if someone come through our programs and they're like, well, I'm going to go and, you know, work with this speaking coach. I'm like, amazing. (laughs) Amazing. I love that. You know, that that's what you need to go do now. What job is complete. Yes. You know, I guess. Yeah. So know your lane and stick in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm very good at that. At the time of our recording right now, you're finishing a launch. Yes. So take me back, though, to the very first iteration of the uncaged life. How did you start? Was it one on one? Was it was one on one? Yeah, it was one on one. I mean, to be fair, my first year was everything. I tried a small group. I tried an online course, sold exactly one. So didn't end up creating it. Mm-hmm. Don't recommend online courses when you're new. I'm trying to strategy when you're new. I'm just throwing everything at the wall and going, is this going to work? Is this going to work? I did VIP days, but it was mostly one-on-one. And my very first clients 
I pitched to them. One was a girl that I knew and she was struggling. She was coming out of her health coaching training as I was. And she was trying to sort her business out and just couldn't figure out really what she wanted to do. And I was like, let me coach you. I think this is my niche. And so I coached her for free. Second one, we were at a workshop. Can't even remember what the workshop was, but I remember hearing her speak in it and ask questions that afterwards I was like, she would be a great client for me. And so I went up and introduced myself and I was like, I'd love to coach you. I'm taking free clients for practice. Do you want to work with me? And she did. So my first two clients were free. I eventually moved them into like paying whatever they wanted and then moved them into full paying clients. And sort of during that time, it just helped me build my confidence. Like I, I was in a newish niche. I was kind of still trying to figure out the niching part. And it just let me dive in and start working with people. And through those two clients, I was able to see, oh yeah, I can do this. And here's where they're struggling. And I was able to fine tune all the messaging on my website and my marketing to get more of those people in who actually would pay me. And then it just kind of started like that slowly, one at a time, as it does, as it does, as it should, I think when you're new. And I think there's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, there's so much stuff out there online right now, promising overnight launches and overnight success. And it's like, it's one client at a time as you build up your foundations and then you get that working and then you figure out how to scale. And yeah, so very, I did it in a very sustainable way. Was, was the uncaged life always your full-time gig? Once you made that decision to start your no, I actually I wasn't working when I started it. Um, I was kind of in in between (laughs) in between jobs. And when I when I did start it, I actually went out and I got a job. I should I should I should say that's not exactly true. I went out and bought a camper van and created my my business in the first year living in a camper van on a on a huge long road trip. Then when I got back from that trip, I knew that I'd need I wasn't making enough to to live in Toronto, you know, it's expensive. And so I went out and I got a job and I had a job for probably a year and a half until I was able to quit it and then live off my business. But there was definitely an interim where I knew I need to invest in business help. I need to invest in, you know, the things that you need to invest in in your business and I need to pay my rent. (laughs) And it felt like too much pressure to have my business do all of that at the beginning. But I love that you were open to having, to, to seeing that money can come in in different ways. And I see too many women who just sort of get so laser focused on, I can only do it through my business. My business has to pay for everything. I can't do this. I can't go get a job because then I would be failing. And, you know, our job as an entrepreneur is to literally take care of ourselves financially and see that revenue can come through many different streams. Mm -hmm. And I read the book Shoe Dog by the guy who started Nike. And if you haven't read it, it's a fabulous read. But here's, you know, Nike, multi-billion dollar company. Before he hit his IPO, he there's twice he went back and got a full-time job as an accountant so that he could keep paying his rent and pay, cover his costs. And I think yes. that there's, it's a noble gesture. Financial security is critical for our livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be making good business decisions in scarcity mode. I did. <laughs> there were times where I did. And I see my students go through it all the time. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and when I went and got a job, I was I, it was very much with a purpose this time. It wasn't like, oh, I guess I'm just going back to this industry and mm-hmm. this is my life now. It was like, this is funding my business. Like I was so motivated in that work because it was like, this is funding my business. This is like a short term thing. This is like a means to an end right now versus the be all end all of my life. And that just changed the way I felt about it. It felt easier to go in get it done and then like go back and work my business. I mean, I was very busy. I was tired a lot. I worked a lot in the first, those first two years, but it led to me being able to build up something sustainable and not burn out trying to make my business work in three months, which 
just doesn't. It doesn't yeah, happen like that. It doesn't happen that way. We call them, we call a job like that or an opportunity like that a BJ. It's a bridge job. <laughs> Gets you right. I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's yeah. how it is. So what have been sort of the biggest challenges for you as you've grown? Oh, well, the biggest one, the the biggest one for me has been team building, especially as I've grown to sort of where we're at now, taking myself out of a lot of the day-to-day operations and just, you know, I have never even worked in a job where I've had to hire anyone or fire anyone or do performance reviews or like nothing like that. That was not, I was living an uncaged life, you know, work as a bartender and then flying around the world. So I just didn't have that experience. I still don't. I still suck at it. I hire people to help me. <laughs> I hire the people to help me with it now. But yeah, the, the team building piece early on, figuring out like who I even needed. Did I need a virtual assistant? What are they going to do for me? Oh, I can just do this all myself. It's faster that way. Letting go of pieces of the puzzle and not having to do it all has been, and still an ongoing challenge, I would admit. <laughs> I think that the people part of business is highly underrated and underestimated. Yeah. And, you know, when we hire someone, we're literally profit sharing until they become a profit center within our business. Who was the first hire that helped you generate more revenue? I don't know. I don't remember. I, I would say it probably wasn't like a virtual assistant or somebody taking that kind of stuff off my plate. It wasn't that. It probably would have been like an actual sales coach, like like a, a consultant versus hiring someone sort of to work in my business on my team. Yeah, those were, especially in the beginning, those were the pieces of the puzzle that helped me generate more revenue. Hiring Kendrick Shope. She, do you know Kendrick? I don't know her. Hello. She's a great fiery red. Shout out to Kendrick. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still, she's still, we're, we're, you know, business friend now and colleague, but she's a sales coach and she really helped me at the beginning just learning how to learning how to sell, learning how to launch programs. Yeah, Mariah Cause, it's another, she has a program that I took to teach me how to create an evergreen model and sort of turn my course into something I could sell year round. And that really boosted me. Team hires are different because it's more subtle, right? It's like the virtual assistant work is for sure helping me, but it's just not in a direct way. And when I was new, it was just always easier for me to do it myself. So I really struggled with just actually trusting other people to take over bits and pieces. Yeah, that trust is huge. It's hard when you build a business that's your baby and you've done it all yourself and then other people want to come in with new ideas. Who who do they think they are? Yeah, I know, which is actually what your business needs is those new ideas because that's why we're hiring. Yeah, it did take me a while to find the the support in my business where I actually feel like, oh, this person's got it and I can let go of these things. And now that I have that, it is huge. So who do you have on your team now? Who's who's helping? So now you? I have everyone is part-time contractors. So I'm just getting to the space of do we hire employees? What does that look like? We have our director of operations who is kind of my right hand. Like she just does everything. And I'm like, we need to hire someone, you hire her. We need to fire someone, you fire them. And then we have two part-time, one that kind of our tech VA does all of all of tech related things. And then one does customer service. And she's also taking over some social media, digital marketing stuff. So she's kind of taking on a bit a bit more of a marketing role these days, along with our customer service. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's pretty small. It's a pretty small team. It's working for you. But yeah, I was always and I still am, I think I have a lot of my own mindset issues around building a team and just what it's going to take for me to manage them. Is it going to be more work? And I don't want to have to do that. And so I've kept it small. And I'm I would like to still keep it small, but I'm I'm seeing where there's opportunities to grow there. I love that right away you invested in a sales coach. Yeah, probably not right away, but a few years in when I was like, you had to learn. What what did you learn that that was a pivotal sort of moment for you? How did it understanding 
how to handle objections because that's you know the, one of the biggest things we all face when we start selling people say no, I don't, don't have, have the money don't have the time don't have the money yeah how is this any different yeah um so understanding how to handle those you and I were just chatting with about that before yeah. we started recording that's my uh, I am yeah quite persistent I have no qualms of following up with people several times even if they don't reply to me as you know, <laughs> as you know I had to message you several times to get on this podcast and just seeing it as, I think just the mindset shift around it of like really seeing it as helping. Half the time people respond to me with my multiple follow-ups and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you followed up. I was so busy. I totally forgot. So just getting into that mindset shift of like, it's okay to be telling people what you offer and how you can help them and like following up with them. It's not pushy, not spammy, you know, depending on how you do it, obviously, but learning how to do it so that it actually feels like it's an integrity. And I, and I do want to talk about how you do that. And let me just tell this story first. You know, Rebecca, you had sent me an I Instagram message and I am notoriously social media dumb. <laughs> like I'm not very good at it. I can kind of do the basics, but D Boswell Bucks, my right hand woman, she just totally keeps me in check and keeps me going. And so huge shout out to her, first of all. Oh, and, but she said, Oh, I think there's a message you should go look at. And so I went and looked at, I was like, Oh yeah, that's neat. And I went and researched you and figured out who you were. And I think we've crossed paths before. <laughs> and I said, I sort of made this mental note of, Oh, I should tell Colleen to, to reach out. And then forgot because you know life and then you had emailed like there was a, a contact form on my website but the email was wrong and you you know like you you just kept going and you were like <laughs> and I hadn't responded because I'd forgotten then I got the email I forwarded it to Colleen something happened with her email at that point and this is all just a fluke it's not playing yeah. out <laughs> we're not difficult we're very accessible very easy to talk to yeah. and then you know I think you Instagrammed again and that's when I sort of was like okay wait a minute <laughs> I thought we had already dealt with this but it's you know you had this you just didn't give up how would yeah. you build that tenacity because the money is in the follow-up Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't I know it? Especially after this launch we just did, I would say most of the students who joined were from me having conversations with them and following up and following up again and then following up again. Yeah. I just, it's, I think it was just the mindset shift that I've learned over my business because I've seen it. And it's hard to believe this when you haven't seen it yet, but of people say it literally saying, thank you for following up. Thank you for, I've had people go, thank you for sending so many launch emails. I hated it at first, but I read every one of them. And it made me really understand what you do. And now I'm so happy I'm in your program. And so just starting to see that like the marketing that can feel when I, I would never send the emails as many emails I do now when I started. For sure not. I was for sure not talking about my business as much as I needed to because I, it felt pushy. It felt like I'm trying to make you buy this thing. Right. And now just the shift of like, I have a thing that can help you. And through the years, I've become very confident in what I do and what I offer and who I can help. And. I can really just tell someone honestly whether I think it's going to help them without it feeling like I'm trying to push them into a sale or anything. Yeah. So I think that's just where experience comes in of of really refining the thing that you do so much that you know you're good at it and you know who you can help. And it's not a matter of like trying to sell someone like you just get on a casual call or have a casual email and ask them a few questions, poke around a bit and like tell them honestly what you think. Yeah, you know, we call that deepening your integrity with the value you bring. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you said and what I think is really important for people to remember is number one, it's not about the sell. This, cause the sell is pushy. Selling what you're talking about being pushy is when you're offering something to someone that they don't need, they don't want or doesn't work for them. Yeah. But you're in full integrity with the value of your program. And it's not a, 
you got to buy, you got to buy. It's a, well, you told me that you wanted this result. This is how you get it. That to me is the ultimate in feminine selves selling. Yeah. And very selfishly, I don't want someone in my program who it's not going to work for because it's harder on me Well, yeah, that I have to coach them and they're they're challenging and it doesn't work. And then they don't get good results. And so they tell their friends it sucked and then it, right. And so I only want people in the program who are a good fit. Yeah. And again, you've learned to discern who's a good fit and who's not the more that you do it. And the you know, the more results you get for people. Yeah. Selfishly, I only want you in if I think I can help you. Yeah. Well, we're in the results business. Yeah. And if you don't get results for someone, we can't, why bring yeah. it in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you've, you know, I understand you've been at this for a while. We've, I have been, I'm a little older than you, <laughs> doing a little longer, but tell me about your launching because you wouldn't have started with this massive launch when you started your first group. Tell no. me about the evolution of your launching. Yeah, it started. So I was doing this work one on one. So what is now like my signature Uncage Your Business program started as a one on as one on one working with somebody for as long as it took. And then I was able to narrow it in. I was able to really sort of streamline my process and develop my framework. And I was doing it one on one. And I was like, my one on one clients need to know each other. <laughs> like, so I'm going to run this as a group. So my first launch, I probably sent a couple emails to my email list. I think the program was $300. I was sort of like, let's try this in a group and see how it works. I had 12 people say yes and sign up and I ran it as a group and it worked. And then I did it again the next month. And I was like, well, that worked well. I should run it again. And so then I launched it again the next month. And I think I had another 12 people. And I, at that point, I'd only been selling one-on-one and I hadn't really had an offer like that was as tight as this. And so I think turning it into a group really forced me to sort of outline what is the scope of this and what are the results and what are we really doing? And then I launched it, then I sold it, then I launched it, then I sold it like month after month. So I sold, I launched four or five times a year in that first year and a half, two years. Not a good idea. What were the elements of your launch? At that time, it was really simple. I think it was emails, probably Facebook group, because I did have my Facebook group then. I don't think we were running ads at that time. Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit, like a very small amount of money to ads. Nothing that I remember. I never really did. I tried different things with launches, but I never really got full into like three-part video series. And then the like, the you know, like now I do a webinar, but it's really not about selling on the webinar. It's more of like, is this a fit? If you watch this and you like it, then it's probably a fit more of a fit webinar than a like sales webinar. But yeah, at the beginning, it was just, I had it, I had a strong community, strong email list, strong Facebook group. And it was really just like selling through there. And it was cheaper than my one-on-one. So it was easy to get people in who couldn't, who, you know, hadn't been able to pay for my one-on-one. Now, of course, I maxed out my email list and realized, oh, I have to constantly be building. And I was, I was actually at that time doing a lot of podcast interviews and guest posting and things like that. So that was really helping. And then it's it's grown over the years. We've tried different strategies, added things. We still keep it, all things considered, pretty simple. But it started off just, yeah, with a community I'd already... And mind you, I'd already built up a community over... So this was 2014 I started launching. I started my business in 2011. So I had three or four years of having already built up a foundation of a community right. and a smallish email list, but, but, you know, good enough. Yeah. But it wasn't, certainly wasn't starting from scratch and trying to launch because I just don't think it works usually. Well, it's, I find it heartbreaking actually when I see people sign up and spend two to three thousand dollars on this formula, which works for a very small percentage of people. It does work for some, but it, you know, it, it doesn't work for more than it works for. Yeah. Be in the right place and have the audience. Like you have to, the yeah. things that have to be in. The stars have to align for sure. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to poo poo it. It works, mm-hmm. but it's hard 
Okay, so you started with your community and your email list. How did it then evolve so that your launches got bigger and bigger? It would have been, we would have started running ads at some point after that. I've never really done them myself. We've always just had someone else doing them because I don't want to touch that. (laughs) I don't want to touch that. And so we would have started running ads to do some list building because that's one great way to do it. And now we we rely quite heavily on ads right now, I would say, which is not great. (laughs) So we're going sort of going back to more organic marketing methods. But I I would say relying on ads has been, and Facebook ads specifically is what I'm referring to, Facebook and now Instagram ads. Right. Um, So we ramped that up. I started doing free events. So I do five days of free coaching now before the launch. And this is where myself and the mindset coach from our program hop on and we just offer free coaching. Uh, We position it as like, if you're thinking of joining and you want to see if it's fit, come on over. And that gives us tons of people that we talk to and coach during week that I can then go follow up with. (laughs) Sure, sure. Right. So just more value right ahead of time. And just for me, it's been about just showing up more like being interactive, being on my live chat. I got on a couple of consult calls this round. I don't usually do that, but if people really need to talk, I'll hop on Zoom with them. But just being being interactive, I think that it's easy to, especially because I sell what's considered like a large business coaching program for newbies. We all know there's lots of those out there. There's lots where the business owner never shows up, is never you're never going to get to talk to them. So I really like to show people that our program's different when I'm launching it live. So yeah, I'm just, I'm involved a lot. And that's been like the personal touch I send Every email I get, I'll usually send people a voice reply back, just, hey, it's second, cut your email, blah, 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 here's my thoughts. Just a lot of personal touch. So we've kind of gone both, we've gone to like ads and scaling and automate it all and then had to bring in, oh yeah, we need this personal element to it. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, we are all selling to people. People need people. Yeah. And I think people need more people right now. I think there's a lot of skepticism about the online world. And I love that you've aligned your launch with where your strengths are and where, you know, you found your own style of launching. Yeah. And I don't mind doing it. I've had so many of my own business coaches and mentors say like, you should be hiring out these sales calls and your team can do the follow-ups and team can do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, they could. Would it be as, maybe it would be as effective. Maybe it's a mindset thing. Maybe it's not, but I just still feel like I know what it's like to be dropping what for me is a lot of money. That's different for everyone at level of business, but what feels like a lot of money on a program and just really just needing to hear from the business owner. Like, I just want to know that you're going to look at my stuff. Are you or aren't you? And if they can't even reply to me, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, you know? So I just like to be there and show people I'm around. I'm the same. And, and you know, I'm, I'm so humbled by the people that come into our programs and, you know, they're like, oh my God, you know my business. I'm like, I know everything about you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the results business. Let's come back to this. And I need to know you so that we can get results that work for you. And I, and I love that you are working on a similar philosophy. Yeah, we do only launch this program live twice a year. The way and we're, we're, you know, always the business model might shift, but currently we're only doing this kind of launch twice a year. So I can go all in because then I can peace out afterwards. Like when the program's done, it's like I have a nice long break. It wouldn't be sustainable to be doing this type of selling all the time. Uh, and I think that's not. important to see. Yeah. So tell me about your uncaged life mm-hmm. now. You do two big launches, run the program live twice a year. Run the program live twice a year. The rest of the year, it's on a self-study. So yeah. we were realizing people were coming to us in between launches needing help. And we were like, sorry, you can join in six months. 
And that's working with Mariah Kosh. She was like, why don't you just solve the program just yeah. as a self-guided thing? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a huge mindset link to get over. But now we do have it set up so that people can buy it and just work through it on their own in between our launches. And so that takes, you know, behind the scenes marketing stuff, but not a lot of like active hands-on stuff for me. Yeah, it's it's been a great business model. It might change next year. Yeah, who knows? But that's the beauty. That's the evolution. It's been of this for a few years. And yeah. so, yeah, I think this year just with... COVID everything and possibly, possibly some upcoming big life changes for me next year. It might just, it might need to shift. But that's why we do this. Yes. That's why we do this. Yeah. And that's why I think like talking about having a team, like it feels so much less daunting to just know that there's people who can help me make that shift. And I think that's like, as my business has grown, again, coming back to a lot of mindset stuff, because that's been the biggest thing for me is like really shifting between like, it's me as a solopreneur and like, this is our company and making that shift doesn't seem as scary because it's like, oh, Becky, our great tech VA can handle all that stuff and Angel handle the logistics of, you know, and I just need to chat with a few people, make some tweaks and show up. So yeah, it's definitely helpful now to be, to know that I have help on board. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Two more questions and then I'm going to let you go. First question. What do you know now that you wished you knew when you started? Oh man, I just, oh, God, a thousand things. <laughs> I think the most helpful thing for me when I was like brand, brand new would have been to know that the niche that I was starting with, like didn't have to be the be all end all of what I ultimately was doing, like that it was 100% going to change, but that I could be making money, getting clients, building the thing while it was changing, which is a hard thing to wrap your head around, right? Because we think I have to have nailed the niche and the messaging before I can start. And it's like, you nail it through the starting process. And so just having been not as scared to just commit to going, this is what I'm doing for now. Because the, the sooner you get traction and make money, the better you feel about yourself and the less likely you are to burn out and quit your business. And so I remember those for a few, first few years having conversations with business friends going, how is this ever going to be sustainable? So how are we supposed to do this? How do, how do people do this? And that feeling probably would have been lessened if I'd just been like, I'm, this is the thing for now. I'm getting real niche I'm selling only this. And then I have permission for it to shift and change versus kind of needing to feel like it had to be perfect before I started really like pushing a lot of my marketing. Yeah. Good on you. And so tell us what's next for the uncaged life. I know that there's a couple question marks in play yeah. here. And so I sort of reevaluate 2022. It's like loose talk of my partner and I maybe having a baby. Can't even believe my baby. And then, so I'm starting to say this out loud because if you'd asked me even a year ago, I would have been, I don't want kids ever. Yeah. I don't want kids. So this is, I'm, I'm playing with saying it out loud. But if that's on the horizon, I cannot launch the way we launch right now. Right. 100% not possible. So right. just that shift, just that thought alone of like, is there another way we could be still offering as excellent of a program without it being so all encompassing? And what might that look like? So possibly a shift. I don't know yet, though. It's all very up in the air. Uh, right now, we're sticking with the plan and we're sort of like, you know, See, they're planted behind the scenes. I love it. And I know that people are going to want to follow your journey. Tell us where they yeah. connect with you. So we're on Instagram at The Uncaged Life. And mine's Rebecca Tracy. Mostly that's photos of my dog and me hiking up mountains. <laughs> so if you like that kind of thing. And then we do have a free Facebook group. It's I think we're like at almost 15,000 people in there now. It's been so great for my business because it's just whenever people have questions for me that like I can't answer, I'm like, go ask that in the group. There's smart people in there. So it's been a great way for me to just, again, like connecting my clients to each other and connecting people who don't have already a business community. That Facebook group is called Uncaged Lifers. 
And anyone's welcome to join as you're not. As long as you're not going to come in and be spammy and pro-woey, you're welcome to join. <laughs> come in some new people. I love it. Well, thank you for your time today. There are so many beautiful nuggets that you laid down about the launch, getting started, you know, the lessons. Yeah, I love how you keep sort of mentioning the mindset piece because that, you know, at the Road to Seven, that's one of our biggest gears. Yeah. I just think I had mindset issues. <laughs> little, do, little do you know how many you have until you really get into it. Well, and then I think, oh, great, I've conquered this mindset issue. And, you know, whatever, the, the company grows and then you get to the next level. And then there's this whole new cornucopia uh, so of new mindset. Yeah. New level, new devil. I've got such an action and such an action taker that I was like, I don't have a mindset. I put, I implement, I'm an implementer. I get done. And yeah, that all comes with sneaky mindset stuff that you don't realize. It does. It does. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing today. It's thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Great to chat. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to Seven Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.